God, it's almost as good as the internet here. 0.4 meg download. What more could you wish for? Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Nomly Podcast. It's episode 129. It's Kristen Smith sitting in the, the Parisian, um, just, well, around the corner from Moulin Rouge. Uh, here in Bracknell Park, <laughs> as always, it's me, James Barksby, and uh, got a busy week coming up, but it's not a patch on uh, the FA's week ahead. And just at, me, just at the M4, it's me, Rob Overfield, trying to work out exactly why Christmas is. Uh, it's not like lurking around the Moulin Rouge, to be honest, that sounds dodgy. <laughs> well, well, that was the thing. I, I was told by somebody in the office today, we're not allowed to call it the red light district, because all, because of the internet, the number of peep shows have um, reduced, and there's no money in it anymore. Because why would you go and pay to sit in a sweaty hall when you can just watch it in your privacy of your own bedroom? And uh, so we're not supposed to call it the red light district anymore because it's been cleaned up. It's been full of artisans and um, millennials who want to be artists instead of getting real jobs later. Fuckers. But that's a different matter. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's been a crazy weekend for me. Uh, I, I actually spent two weeks in the UK. It's my first two weeks solid in the UK since um, August last Well, actually, since July last year. So it was it was nice. Um, I didn't manage to see a game because everyone wanted to see me and I had lots of other things to do, unfortunately. But Trinity managed to uh, get a draw against Kidderminster, which means our fate is in our own hands. One game to play. If we avoid defeat, we've got a good chance we win. We're guaranteed. Um, it's getting really tight at the bottom uh, in the uh, Vanarama North. We, we travel to FC United on the last day. Uh, expecting a big crowd. I think they're giving like everybody everybody who's not dead is getting in free or something like that. Really expecting a big crowd. Um, and Fylde were promoted. And Worcester, who uh, are rivals at the moment, are going to uh, Fylde on the last day. So party mood and a long trip up their M6 to uh, get up there. Yeah, they oh. could... Um... They they yeah. could uh, they could sneak above you with a draw though, couldn't they? If you lose because of the goal difference, so it's going to be nervous every Saturday. That's the thing. We, we've got a win to guarantee, but it's always nicer saying your fate's in your own hands. That's that's all I look at it. That Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. To be fair, so United have got nothing to play for. They they're safe in mid table. They can't they can't finish any lower than fourteenth. Can't finish any higher than twelfth, and they're currently thirteenth. So. They're, um, yeah. Hopefully, you catch them on a on a party day, end of typical end of season day, and you'll get that result. Sorry, Worcester, but you know. <laughs> I'm 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 hoping. And uh, Rob, interesting times uh, for you. We're going to touch on a few things um, about how the table's sitting for you, but uh, uh, another win for you. Yes, it was a very good win away at Welling United. It was not the easiest of games. <sighs> There was the manager put it after the match. There was about half a dozen of the players that, in any other time of the season, would have been told you're having a week's rest. But given the state of the season the way it is, we had to patch up the walking wounded and send them out. And in the end, they managed to pull off a win. How I don't know, but it took a Croatian substitute to score twice in the last 13 minutes to actually. Yeah, secure I have to admit, I didn't know. I didn't know the name. How long's he been at the club then, Stephen Rivic? Is since deadline day. Okay. Came, came on and if, scored twice. Not bad. If, if you go on the front of all knowledge, you will actually see that he's a player with, would you believe it, 100 or so appearances in the Bundesliga. Oh, right. So he's not as if he's, you know, he's not as if he doesn't know his way around and he's used to playing on much bigger stages than this. But when it came to it, needing a cool head in the last few seconds of the game, it was the right man in the right place at the right time. He played for Schalke. Mm. Uh, no, he didn't. It was youth career, was it Schalke, wasn't yeah, it? I'm just looking through Energy Cop, Kaiserslautern. Yeah. yeah. So he's got, got some pedigree then. He's got a lot of pedigree. He's actually been out of the game for two years, <laughs> pursuing a music career. And um, apparently, apparently he, contacted, he contacted the club wanting to get back into football. We gave him a, two or three weeks at Walton and Hersham. And then we brought him back. And, you know, he's. You know, his, his, his experience is, you know, is proving invaluable now. He's just, you know, uh, he's going to be a very useful player um, potentially in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, he looks he looks tall from his Wikipedia picture. Mm. He is he's, he's at least six foot. He's at least six foot and possibly six foot one. That's but, not uh, tall. It's it's not that tall, but he's you know he's, uh, he's sorry. He's not, <laughs> I, he's not a little dinky cat type. So I'm I'm saying that because I'm six foot one and I'm the shortest in my family. So it's that's why. Yeah, well, I could make a joke about Westminster families have kept their feet to make you grow so tall. But I won't say. I said he looks tall from his Wikipedia picture. I didn't say he was tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture. But, um, yeah, he's he's a very versatile midfielder. Apparently, he's he's doing his work. He's a midfielder. Oh, blimey, midfielder and getting two. Oh. Well, yeah, well. It was the it was the um, I think he was the least uh, the least exhausted player on the field at the time. So he's five foot eleven according to 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 Wiki. So he's not not tall at all. He just looks tall in the picture. It must just be the way the picture is. Anyway, we're not here to talk about him. <laughs> no, we're not here to talk about him. James, did you manage to get to see a game now that uh, Bracknell have finished for the uh, for this season? Uh, no, just just the under eights. We had a friendly against a team from the uh, division above us in preparation for our cup final this coming Saturday. Um, it was you know, to use a cliche, a game of two halves. We did really well first half. We went two 0 up, and second half they just fell asleep, and we lost four two. But good to get those errors out of the way. We know what we need to work on in training on Tuesday night, and then uh, hopefully we can we can see them lift the trophy because they really deserve it for the hard work over the last couple of years. And then an exciting future after that as a new club. But uh, yeah, exciting times. So what we what we need to do, uh, we need to wrap up a few things. Uh, congratulations to Lincoln at the weekend. Uh, they secured the three points against Macclesfield, which meant they are automatically promoted uh, to the Football League back in from 2011. Uh, yeah, so. and amazing, isn't it? And how long are they going to be able to keep hold of the Cowleys? Because... If they do, if they start well next season, which to be fair, you would expect Lincoln to be mid-table at least in League Two, they're going to be linked with every job in League One and some of the lower jobs in the Championship. If when they come available next season, you know that for sure. It'd be really interesting to see how long they can keep hold of them. Yeah, it will be. Uh, it will be interesting uh, to see. But it's been uh, good news from that perspective. I think it was yourself. Uh, James, I'm not sure whether you mentioned in the group or on the, on the podcast that uh, Pitch Hero are now sponsoring the non-league show, and that's back and bright as ever. Um, it, it's been back all season. It just it, I've only just realised and I've only just found out, but yeah, it seems to have been back all season. So yeah. I don't really know I, I why that. Hadn't, I, yeah, I didn't know it hadn't come up on my radar. It comes uh, out on a Thursday now. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, probably it's why it's gone wrong because it's coming out on a Thursday. Yeah, it's the same old gang. It's Swampy. It's Dave Anderson. It's Caroline Barker. It's uh, you know, it's all the usual. It's exactly the same. It's just not on the BBC anymore. But yeah, um, I don't understand how I didn't know about that. I'm delighted well, to have found it. Again. Well, so. Possibly, oh, yeah. It's, it's always yeah. nice listening to those guys. Um, I mean, the amount of times we've gone to Jira for, for the show, and it's never advertised on there that I can that I've seen. Exactly, and and that's the thing. And even when we had uh, Mark Fletcher from Pitch Hero on, yeah. I mentioned that they yeah. were supporting uh, non-league by uh, running that. So uh, we'll have to. Uh, I'm going to go on to good things. Um, I'm just trying to say, do a, a little roundup of some of the things. Um, Staley Bridge, from our point of view, um, it really is between uh, Trinity and Worcester now because Staley Bridge were relegated at the weekend. Um, so I'm just trying to quickly run around a few, few things and pick a few bits up. So yeah. It's all academic now in the uh, Evo Stick. And Corby, Frickley, Elkiston, and Skelmersdale. So, oh dear, uh, bad, bad, bad times for some of those clubs that you'd expect to be pushing for promotion, not getting relegated. Uh, likewise, it's Harrow, Canvey, Sudbury, and uh, Gray's Athletic. We will go through this in more depth next week when I'll be coming from sunny Venice. Uh, all being well, uh, if everything works, oh. or maybe London, one of the two. Um, <laughs> not sure. Not sure of my travel. I know where exactly. I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. True, I know where I would. <laughs> so let's let's go to something from last week. Last week, Rob was unable to be with us due to being bank holiday weekend, and he was away with the travels with Hampton. And I can't quite. Uh, I just need to scroll back up. Saying something, I think to paraphrase you, Rob, it was 
I'm going to get you to <laughs> after after some of the comments we made about you uh, in the thing. So the 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 news on everybody's lips is: Have you been unblocked by North Ferriby? Yes, I did. I had a word with our good friend Darren Norton, and he had a word with the um, administrator of the accountant, who didn't know what on earth was going on. So it sounds like somebody else in the club with access to the Twitter feed had taken exception to something, anything. I don't know what it was, but it was sorted out quick, sharpish. And, uh, you know, thanks to Darren, who I'm sure will be picking up this podcast in the morning. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wishing luck with the with the fanzine, which seems to be going from strength to strength, uh, notwithstanding my contribution anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. I'm glad we cleared that up uh, because it was was amusing. I think, I think both James and I... Um, had a very good chuckle off air before yeah. we just started rubbing you on air about it. <laughs> um, and didn't mention last week, and we've the appeals on Wednesday for Darlington, or as they're known now known as Darlington rather than Darlington 1883 from uh, next season. Um, they are appealing against their um, failure of ground grading, and they are sitting fourth at the moment and pretty much. Bearing a big shock next week, uh, let's just see that they've oh, come on. Wake up! This internet's hotel is so slow. I'm sure I could drive to Darlington to ask them what fixture they have next week. <laughs> by the time it loads, uh, next um, week they are away at Salford. So they're away at Salford. So that's Which really going to be a battle because game. surely. Halifax were already guaranteed a place, pretty much. It's going to be uh, yeah, amazing thing difference. for Halifax. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yes and no. Yeah. It'd have to. I mean, it'd have Chorley to be could be Halifax it, by eleven. Yeah. So Chorley could do that. Uh, but basically, Chorley, uh, Salford, and Darlington are really uh, fighting out for the final two playoff uh, spaces. Um, so Darlington are away at Salford. So that's a real nail biter. Chorley just needs to get a victory against Halifax to make things interesting. So it's going to be there and it could be academic if Darlington fail their ground grading and therefore Salford and Chorley or potentially Stockport, Stockport yes. if they beat Gloucester, would be able to sneak in there. And so that would be some big, tasty ties, really. For If you look at the crowds, six clubs there, there's going to be some big crowds for those playoffs. But where we want to concentrate in a minute, let me just... Uh, let me just click on a different screen and start talking while we wait is we want to talk about the Vanarama national south because i'm just having a quick look at the uh, the national and it would be hard pressed for dover to make it now uh, they're four points back barrow are four points back so it could be the older shot daggers uh, forest green and tranmere are going to be duking it out there potentially it's still a couple of games less for some of those teams um for the for the playoff spots, but let's talk about the Hamptons division. Rob, while I don't expect you to say everything you think under the grounds that you may incriminate yourself, Maidenhead are in the pole position. They just need, oh, well, they need two points really. So a win would guarantee them victory. Ebsfleet have pushed them all the way. So it's nice. It's coming down to the final, final day between those two teams. Chelmsford and Dartford are guaranteed a playoff place, probably playing each other. And then we're looking at Paul Town and Hungerford. And we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe even longer ago, about ground grading, this dreaded ground grading. And Paul are at home to Dartford. So Dartford, nothing to play for, but Paul need to win to cement their place. Hungerford are at home to Chelmsford and... So you'd expect them to, once again, Chelsea nothing to play for. Expect Hungerford to uh, give it their all. But then we've got Hampton down there in seventh. And both Paul and Hungerford are appealing their failure on the ground grading this Wednesday. So I don't know, Rob, what are your thoughts about... So do you, being at Hampton, you must know a little bit more of the inside track of what's... what's What's the procedure? Is that uh, should Paul and or Hungerford both or either fail? What situation does that leave the playoffs in? Well, when you the bold facts, 
facts as they stand to be eligible to take part in the playoffs and possibly get promotion into the national league a club has to have seats undercover not necessarily in one place in two places is the, usually the rule now pool town and hungerford town have done a lot of work in the last months as we know to get the ground up to south in doing that they didn't go far enough to get those hundred seats that were required by the league and the fa to go into the playoffs for the national league and as a consequence of this failure as you quite rightly said kristen that they've appealed on that decision the repeat it is not a route of the goal. Um, as we have discussed privately ourselves, the 500 seats is there is is there in at least one set of rules. I think it's in the FA rules, and Pool Town and Hungerford are not happy about this. So on Wednesday, if the appeals are turned down and the ruling stands then the rules of the National League as regards the playoffs are that the teams in 6th and 7th would be eligible. Well, as we know, Hungerford are in 6th, three points ahead of Hampton. So they would be the next eligible club, but as I've just said, they're appealing too, which leaves Hampton with a possibility of getting into the playoffs from 7th. It's... I have a small measure of sympathy for Poole and for Hungerford in the fact that at the start of the season, when most clubs would be doing this, this kind of scenario wouldn't have even have entered their minds. They wouldn't have even considered being anywhere in the, near the top six. I mean, I've been conversing with a Hungerford supporter who I got to know, and they were just going to be happy with just avoiding relegation. You know, that was going to be that, getting the ground up to scratch, avoid relegation, job done, successful season. But to find themselves in sixth put too much pressure on them and he should this chap assures me that it wasn't the case of yeah, boosting the playing budget at the expense of the ground it was just a case of they were a victim of their own success and they couldn't uh, you know they couldn't believe how they were doing and by the time they realized they had to do something about it they couldn't do it pool town i'm not so sure about i don't know quite what was going on there but having seen the ground it's still very much a work in progress it's still very much you know in development and you know by this time next year the ground would be uh, in my opinion ready for the national league south getting the requisite number of seats and then ready for the national league itself as will probably hungerford both clubs have said that they do not have the 500 seats so it's a case of trying to work out on what grounds the the appeal could be successful given the fact it's an accepted it's accepted knowledge that you have to have this ready in time for the end of march to be eligible for the playoffs um it puts puts me in a bit of a a bit of a tricky situation because you know as a as a regular on the podcast and also being in the middle of this (laughs) it's not really fair to actually put together any kind of proper opinion because I've got two feet in both camps. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, Rob, we can't, we can't have you libeling yourself or getting yourself <laughs> in potential trouble with the club. Um, just, as... just just so you're aware, I've just had a notification that I'm not sure whether my internet connection on my computer's gone. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. It's just beeped at me. They're like, it's gone off. <laughs> it's still showing his life. Yeah, we're still showing his life, uh, mm. but uh, the hangout can't, can't actually connect. So let's, let's let's work on the fact that we're still here. You're on, you're on <laughs> your phone now. Carry on. I'm yeah. on the phone, but it needs to record uh, via the hangout on it. Uh, okay. Make yeah. make sure you edit yeah. this out then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, Rob, obviously, like we say, we don't want we don't want you putting yourself in a difficult position with the club. Long time listeners will know that. I was once once involved as well, and they are still my first love when it comes to non-league. Um, but I'm not involved with the club anymore. Um, it's 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 a it's a strange situation, but 
it, you couldn't write it, could you? You couldn't make this up. I mean, this is just football for you. I mean, who would have thought that the team in fifth fail the ground grading and the team in sixth who would take their place fail the ground grading? It's, it is, it's mm. bizarre. And looking at, at the fixtures, this it gets even better because um, you mentioned earlier about the top two. Um, credit to Ebsleet for keeping it alive because they won at Maidenhead last weekend. Mm. So... Um, They've kept that alive. Um, but looking at the fixtures, Pool Town are at home to Dartford on the final day, who are fourth. Hungerford are at home to Chelmsford, who are third. Now, of course, in the playoffs, third plays fourth, um, at, with the third place team being at home. So Chelmsford and Dartford are tied on 81 points. So they're both going to want to win that ga- their game mm. at Hungerford and at Pool because they're going to want to finish third. So you've got this situation where You've got you've got these two teams that can't enter the playoffs playing these two teams that are in the playoffs, and you've got Hampton at home to a, a Concord team that are now safe from relegation, so could well take their foot off the gas. So by rights, Hampton could be sixth um, because goal difference would put them above Hungerford, so they could be sixth anyway. Um, but then you've got the situation that Wealdstone are in eighth, and if Hampton slip up. And Hungerford win and Wheelstone win, <laughs> then Wheelstone will be in seventh and we'll go into it. So there's just so many connotations. It's, mm, an, yeah. it's, a, it's an incredible way to end the season. Uh, you, like I say, you could not make this up. You could not write it. Um, it's it's going to be dramatic right to the final whistle, you would imagine. Um, I just, I'm with you, Rob. I mean, this is with no bias towards Hampton. This was with no ill feeling towards Poole or Hungerford, you know, Obviously, I want to see Hampton in the playoffs. Obviously, I do. But I would rather them do that because they finish fifth. Um, But I cannot see how Poole and Hungerford have grounds for appeal, let alone how they can hope to win an appeal because the rules are there. I mean, I I sent the link to our WhatsApp group. You can download the the ground grading for every every level. I think there's there's eight or nine for... For the various steps, I think it goes down to G, I think, G or H. I think the ground grading goes down to, and you need ground B, uh, grade B for step two, and you need grade A for step one. Um, and as you say, Rob Poole and Hungerford and Darlington as well have spent so much time and effort getting themselves the grade B. The, the, the grade A is kind of, um, they, you know, they've kind of missed the boat on the grade A. Um, it, it is tough because... You don't want to punish them, and if they both, if, if they say they can have it done by the start of the season, then realistically, they should be allowed this summer to do it. Um, it's but the, but the March thirty first deadline is there, and I assume it's there for a reason. I don't really know what that reason is. If the club can guarantee that they've got the funding and the planning and the plans in place to get it done by the end of June or July, then I don't really see the issue. So, so just to intercept, James, part of the reason yeah, yeah. it's there is that we have to, at the AGM of the leagues, that's when they then accept the places from everybody and okay, fair enough, they yeah. start start doing the planning. And so, so it's 100% in place. Now. Yeah, so you have to have it in by the end of the season to ensure that the AGM in six weeks after the season is finished. Okay. But this but this is my, my problem with the ground grading is to get promoted from step three to step two or from step four to step three or so on and so on down the ladder, you have until March the 31st of the following season to get up to scratch. But to go up from the National North or the National South into the National League, you already have to have your grade A. You don't have that 31st March deadline. You have to have those 500 seats in place before you can even enter the playoffs that you might not win. So you, yeah. So I don't, I don't get it. I think for step two, I think is it two hundred and fifty covered seats. I think for step two, but you have until March the thirty first to do that. uh, Of the season, you know, of the season of you playing in step two, um, which is where Poole and Hungerford, you know, is is what they've managed to get themselves to. I think uh, Hungerford are, I think they're one hundred and thirty some seats short. Um, but you, I mean, there's all sorts of 
of things that you have to do as well in terms of segregation and entrance, entrances and exits and turnstiles and facilities and things that you need for the National League that you don't need for Step 2. And I don't know if you need that before you get a grade A or if it is purely just the covered seating. Um, I haven't, haven't been able to nail that one down uh, because that's something I've raised to you, isn't it, Rob, about about Hampton's ground is yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, they must, they must be able to because they've been in the playoffs before at Step 2, um, a yeah. couple of seasons running, so a few years ago so they must be able to do it but you have to have i think it's eight turnstiles and you have to be able to segregate home and away fans and you have to have separate entrances and exits for home and away fans separate toilet facilities and catering facilities for home and away fans and i've been obviously i've been to hampton a lot i've been to wheelstone a few times and i don't really see where they put these facilities and these turnstiles in place um Again, as I say, Hampton must have the plans somewhere because they've been in the playoffs before in the past. But um, they, I think is it. I think Darlington, and I think one of the other, I think one of these two in the south as well. They're both kind of pleading on the grounds of surprise um, that they weren't aware that these regulations had changed. But they changed in May last year, so surely all clubs were made aware of those changes and. Because it used to be, it didn't have to be permanent seating, it could be temporary seating, and that's what's changed. And that's what these clubs have come unstuck with, is because it has to be permanent seating um, undercover, um, whereas it used to be able to be temporary with with plans in place to to make it permanent. And that is now not the case. And it's just some of the statements that are coming out. Hungerford, I think, said... um, we assumed the hundred hundred odd extra seats would be arguable. <laughs> well, no, it's not five hundred or maybe three hundred and fifty if we're in a good mood and you're up. It's five hundred, at least five hundred seats. So I, I don't, I don't see how they've got a leg to stand on it in terms of the appeal. Um, there are all sorts of, like I said, there are all sorts of other criteria for the National League there's minimum attendance of 4,000 with a, with plans in place to extend it to 5,000 so there are, there are clubs like North Ferriby who are coming back down and Solihull because uh, who haven't got 5,000 crowd uh, uh, 4,000 capacity so they obviously went up last season before these rules came into place so they probably wouldn't have been able to go up uh, this season because of that I don't know Again, it's not clear when you need these things in place. The only thing I know you need in before you go up is the 500 seats. I don't know if you need all these other facilities in before you go up. I imagine you must do the segregation, the turnstiles and things. Surely you must need those in place before you go up as well. I, just, I don't know. It's it's really convoluted, complicated situation. It doesn't help the final day of the season being as it is. <laughs> is the fact that the season is going to be close to the end of the season because it's, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's refused and the playoffs is confirmed it leaves Hampton with effectively two and a half at the most three working days to put in place everything um, as regards operations and planning, looking at a, a you know a crowd of anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred, and uh, all the you know you have to have a meeting will be necessary with local authority, a meeting will be necessary with the police, extra stewards will have to be brought in, you know, ordered and paid for on on sh- such short notice, mm. and so on. You know. The turnstiles all have to be manned. There has to be the catering facilities ready, and they've basically got what's left of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a little bit of Tuesday. Is and it? That's it. And that's it. That's all they've got the, to put into place. Okay, so is it the the final games on Saturday? So yep. is it playoff the Tuesday after? It is. Wow. That's part of the problem in the fact that it's been left so late till the end of the season. That I mean, the uh, thing is, the thing is, you would be aware though. Yeah. Thing, but yeah, I mean, you can put contingency plans in place, but you can't do anything definite. Because no, but you because you would if it is Ham, whoever it is, Pool, Hungerford, or Hampton, or Wheelstone, you'll be away at Ebsleet, so you haven't got those problems, and you'll be away in the final as well, so you haven't. That's not an issue. Um, the the playoffs at this level are two legged, 
Yeah, it's Hampton. Hampton away. Oh, you'd be you'd be playing at home first, then, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah my apologies, yeah. then. This is you'd what, be at home what, first, then, wouldn't you? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Three days tops to put all this okay. in place. Yes, apologies. I, I didn't realise it was too legged. Yeah. No, it's it's a case of you've got you'd have, like I say, the very, last end of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And a bank holiday Monday as well to boot. Bank holiday Monday as well, because I mean, you won't be you won't be able to hold any sorts of like you know official formal meetings because people won't do it, and then you've just got and you can't do it on the day of the match. And this so, this is this is something else I asked you in in our WhatsApp as well. And there's been no notification to the club to potentially be prepared. Nope, there's been nothing yet. I've got a feeling it's a case of. They're waiting for the appeal. I'm pretty sure they understand that clubs will have, you know, draft proposed, you know, draft plans in places, ready to go. But as I said, you've got to have, you've got to arrange and hold these meetings to confirm details. Yeah, you know, it, and that's it, that, that, that's part of the problem. It's just it just leaves it so late. It does kind of make me wonder if they are going to sort of like uphold, you know, uphold the appeals and overturn the decision. Because I can't. Well, the thing, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't suppose that I don't really go with that line. Um, by the fact they're going to make the announcement, I think they're going to hear the appeals in the morning and make the announcement later in the day. You know, so it's a case of they've, they've either decided pretty much what the decision is going to be, or they're not expecting it to be a difficult decision to deliberate over, and that's part of the problem. But I mean, on the on the positive side. It's great when you think about it. In the top seven of the National League South, you've got three of the four promoted teams. Because Poole and Hungerford came up from the Southern League. Mm, you've got yeah. Hampton as champions of the Ryman. You've got East Thurrock United who came up in the playoffs. They're mid-table and comfortable. But three of the four clubs to be kicking around the edges of the playoffs. That shows, in my mind, one of two things. That the contributory leagues at step three are stronger than ever, and the league at step two is not. <laughs> well, am I, am I right in thinking Maidenhead and Ebsley have only come up recently as well? Uh, no, Maidenhead have been in that division a while. They avoided really. Yeah, two seasons ago, they were nearly relegated with Maidenhead. Okay, yes. Ebsley might have come down out of the national, but they didn't come up. And like I said, Maidenhead two seasons ago only avoided relegation on the last day of the season. So it's a case of, you know, Maidenhead have been there a while. Ebbsfleet have used to be in that higher division. And, you know, the same goes for Chelmsford. Chelmsford have been kicking around the the south for a number of seasons quite a while. I've not seen them in the in, in the Ryman. But as I said, for this for clubs like that, I mean for Poland Hunger, but it's the highest they've ever been. And they've ended, it looks like they're going to end up fifth and sixth with nothing to show well, the- for them. This is the problem. They're all very similar, aren't they? Paul Hungerford and Darlington, because of course Darlington have yeah. only been going five seasons um, since yeah. they they reformed. Um, yeah. So it, it's it, they victims of their own success, aren't they? That's exactly. that's the problem. It's caught up with them, and and the problem with Pool as well is I think they've got only got about eight years left on the lease on their ground, yeah. so they can't yeah. they they're not eligible for grants to get this work nope. done. Nope. So I mean, the fact that they've managed to get their group grade B is phenomenal, really. Um, mm. It's cost them hundreds of thousands of pounds. I think they said it was going to cost another hundred and fifty thousand. It was a lot to put the to put the extra seats in. It was either them or Hungerford that, that put that figure on it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, have, have I mean, we're saying about Wealdstone could finish seventh, but would they be? Have they got the seats? I can only remember oh, they've put the big stand. They've, they've only got that one stand down the side of the pitch with. Right. It's been a few years since I've been there. Because I know yeah, they've done a lot one, of work since I last there. Well, there's one seated stand down one side, and I think there's a number of seats on the opposite side. And of course, either end, either end of the field of the pitch, the stadium is terracing. So I don't know, but I will say this: we've been noticing that among one or two Wheelstone supporters, there's a definite lack of class. For the simple reason they've been openly expressing on the forum the doubts as to whether Hampton do have the ground grid, which I think. What for the National <laughs> League? Yep, and I'm thinking that is not a classy thing to do. You know, it's a case of it was the same when they visited when they came to play us recently. There was fans saying, "How on earth has this got the ground grading?" 
I'm sorry, but I don't know how it got the ground grading, but it did. So that's that. Well, it's fine. You know, it's fine for step two, isn't it? It's, there's there's no problem with the ground yeah. for step two. It's... Nope. And and the, 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 this is the thing, you know. So I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the regulations are there. The criteria are clearly available. If it's inspected and it's passed for that for that level of ground grading, then that's the final say in the matter. You know, you cannot stretch, as you quite rightly say, James, you can't stretch X number of seats to mean Y number of seats. It doesn't work. You can't, yeah, no. You, you can't do it. So, you know, it was just a case of having to wait and see. Um, I mean, Hampton have got enough games to play this week because these, because the playoff state will also impinge upon county cup finals as well. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a county, there's a county cup final scheduled for the Bank Holiday Monday, the 1st of May. And then you've got the senior Middlesex Cup final allegedly scheduled for the sixth, which is ahead of the second leg of the playoff on the Sunday, which is the seventh. <laughs> and, and this as well, we've got a semi-final of one of, of the of the junior cup tomorrow night for the final on Bank Holiday Monday. So it's a case of we need a decision quick and we ain't getting one. So. Well, so while I feel for Hampton, I also think the rules here are a mockery. As far as I'm concerned, if it pool fail and Hungerford fail, as much as I'd love to see Hampton progress, it should just be saying Ebbsfleet or Maidenhead, whichever one's in second, lucky you get an extra few days to prepare. Because oh. it seems a mockery to me that, like you said, Hampton into the playoffs you physically can't get in there now mm-hmm. and Wilston are the same and then what happens if both Hampton and Wilston can't do it does it go to Bath no does it go it, it, it seems a mockery to me that it goes down to seventh when you could have potentially 15 points between six and seventh yep. and so it should yep. just say look if it goes to six they fail well let's just call it a day mm. Well, as I said, I did check the league handbook. I did have a read at that. And the league handbook specifically does state, as far as this situation goes, that teams only down as five or seventh will be considered. That's it. Yeah. No lower than that. And it, it, and and it, and it, it, it makes could... no differentiation to whether you're, whether you're three points behind fifth or 20 points behind fifth. No, I, re- I realise that. It, it just, the, 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 or 30 as it could be. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> exactly. So it's a case of... You know, that's just the way the rules are written. You know, you, you've just got to go with what's there. So, so they cut it off at seventh. Which proves yeah. to me it's all about money and prestige for the league rather than mm. what's best for the competition. Yeah, because I have to admit, to me, it would actually make a further mockery of it, you know, having three teams in, three teams playing it when it should be four. You know, well, no, well, the whole playoff thing to me makes it is a mockery. It should just be first and second, well, like a normal, like a, pro- like a proper league would be, rather yeah. than just trying to yeah. eke the extra few quid from the fans. And potentially, we could have Hampton say, much I'd love them to go up 30 more, 30 points potentially behind Maidenhead and going up, uh, winning the playoffs. And like, like you've said a, a few times, we've said. All over times. Who cares how small Hampton are? Who cares how big they are? The league table doesn't lie at the end of the day. Oh. That we have Chelmsford, Ebbsfleet, and uh, Dartford who are easily in. And then, yes, we've got Paul Hungerford who are duking it out. And then Hampton are really, I would just be so proud as a Hampton supporter that, like you said, that. Well, consolidation, but for so much for the start of the season, if we remember back at the start of the season, which I'm sure you can, Rob, that <laughs> it was halcyon days. It was amazing that mm. the the wins and the, the turnaround under Dows, and like you say, it's now causing to me, it's causing unnecessary stress on the board directors, not so much the players, because... I don't see them being quite as uptight because they don't have to do the arranging. And once again, it comes down to the volunteers and the people who devote, like yourself, who devote weekends and nights and hours upon hours upon hours, who are now the ones who are trying to work out, oh, what do we do next week? 
Um, do we start preparing? I can see why the FA and the league can't turn around and say, even informally to you, start preparing because you never know, because that could be seen to be prejudicing yeah. the case. So they've no, got I'm to not, play yeah, but, I mean, they have. But uh, they, they, they could... They could say. I mean, obviously, they they know that that Hampton are looking at this and saying, really, this should be us going into the playoffs now. Um, if they have the ground grading, which obviously they do, but it, it, you would have thought that there would have been some communication um, to to the club saying, you know, there is a potential that you are going to be in there, and can you can you get everything in place? Because you know, it's not going to be a small undertaking. To, to no, it's, 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 it's a huge game. You know, like you say, Rob, it's yeah, going to be yeah. it's going to be fifteen hundred people there. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. When, when is it? Is it the Tuesday or is it on the bank holiday Monday? The, the no, first leg. No, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So it's a Tuesday evening. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be a big old crowd. And even in a, for in a, in a small, for... yeah, in a even in a small Tuesday little, yeah, a small little corner of West London. I'm. Pro- I I would suspect that. You, if it did turn out to be Hampton, they would give dispensation, dispensation to move it to the Wednesday night, because I know it's not always um, the Tuesday and Wednesday. Usually it's a Tuesday, but it could be pushed to a Wednesday yeah, night for yeah. one reason or another. So yes, yeah. it doesn't give a lot of extra time. Um, and I, I know what you're saying, James, but it's it's one of those silly you don't want to give people the reason to sue you oh, of course and yeah, it could absolutely. easily be that hold yeah. on you you said to them just in case prepare i'm using that as your prejudice in my case you already knew that you you were voting against me and i had to convince you rather than me preventing my case and you deciding against me yeah um, but, i mean I, I just don't understand why it has to take so long to for the you know I mean I know they probably only meet on certain days and I'll come on to it if if we have time to talk about the um the Wessex League situation there um but it, it's I mean why do they have to wait till till Wednesday what surely they could convene a, a, a meeting specially and when you're paid imagine, eighty seven thousand pound a year exactly, you don't want to take your day out I, I can't imagine it being a voluntary role so is there some is there some horse racing going on. No, I'm clue. I don't follow it. <laughs> no, it's, it's another thing. Let's let's it's, move on before we get yeah. Rob in trouble. Uh, because I really appreciate um, talking about it, Rob, and I know it's very hard because, like we've already said, you don't want to bring yourself or the club into disrepute by what you're saying, and so it's easy for me and James to um, go on. But yeah, it is ridiculous that it's waiting till three days before the end of the season to say yes or no as to what, what's going to happen. At least it's before the end of the season. Yeah, well, yes, it could it could have been like last year. <laughs> no, um, so. yeah, I've, so I've, I've alluded to it with the, the Wessex League. Um, they finished on Saturday. Their season is done, but they still don't know who the champions are. Now, I don't know if either of you guys are aware of this, um, but Moneyfield finished top with 101 points. Portland United finished second with a hundred uh, with ninety nine points. Um, now the Wessex League is step five, so there's only one team go up. There's no playoffs. Um, it's just the champion or the ha- or second place, depending on. Uh, you have to apply for a promotion. <laughs> you have to have the ground grading. Um, <laughs> now the problem is back in January. That's right, January. Moneyfields fielded an ineligible player. He was apparently under suspension. Um, they signed him from Blackfield and Langley, I think it was, um, who finished fourth in the league. Um, they, when they registered him, they did their due diligence. They searched the Hampshire FA website, couldn't find anything to do with the suspension or any ineligibility. So they just went ahead and played him. I think it was in two games. Um, they must have won one and lost one um, because they're facing a three-point deduction. Um, now, as we know, if you've an ineligible player, you lose any points that you that you um that you win with that player in the team. But the hearing is on Wednesday after the season's finished. So it's just madness. I mean the FA have come out and defended themselves and said 
that their guidelines for, for non-league is fixtures must be completed by April the 30th. That's fair enough. The Wessex League have arranged their fixtures and they've they've gone a week early. They've finished a week early. But this was in January. Why? Why have they not heard this ruled on it weeks ago? I think it I think it came to attention a bit after that, maybe February, maybe even March, I think I read at some point, but you still had plenty of time to sort it out and get a decision. Why do you have to wait until after the season's finished? Even if, yes, you, okay, so they finished a week earlier than they needed to, but you knew the situation was there. It's been there since January. So you could have arranged a special emergency, whatever, however you want to call it, an emergency meeting to sort it out. So it was done before the final day of the season. It's just, it makes it, makes it a farce. I mean, they both they both won their games on Saturday, so they both did what they needed to do. But I just I don't I just don't get it. It's five. It's going to be five days after the end of the season that they're going to be meeting to decide who wins the league, and it's just madness. And it is quite a quite a murky one as well because, as I said, they did they did their due diligence. They looked on the Hampshire FA website. They did all the checks uh, that Rob will be very familiar with. And he wasn't suspended. Then they're claiming that Blackfield and Langley wiped it when they let him go. But, you know, it's a very, very murky situation. And it's not a good way to end the season for them because, you know, it's five days after the season. <laughs> Come on, FA. Get off your ass. you know. Get around the table and sort it out. Like I say, you've had two, three months where you could have sorted this out one way or another. And then we knew where we stood. Just, ah, uh, it's... And again, ineligible players, how does this happen? How how do the FAs not have up-to-date records? And how does the player not know? He must have known he was suspended as well for a start. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not all that clever, James. No offence. Uh, I'm trying not to be sound too offensive uh, to them. But they would presumably, you, it isn't presumably down to the player to look on the website. Surely they, the club gets a letter or some or an email mm. or some sort of notification to say you've they that do. this player is suspended now presumably i don't know presumably he must have either got sent off or accrued his it was a two match suspension so i'm assuming that would be 10 yellow cards would it uh, i'm not entirely sure about it these days i think it's changed a little because a straight red is generally three, isn't it? I don't know what it is at this level. Not always. Not always, no. no. It, depends, but, it depends on the offence. Some, for some, it's one match with a red card. And if it's if it's violent conduct or similar, then I think it is three. But if it's just... I mean, it's, possi- it's possible it was three and he'd already served one mm. at Blackfield before moving. But then, obviously, he would know he was suspended and he... And Blackfield would have known he was suspended. So, I mean, Moneyfields are putting the putting the blame at Blackfield and Langley's door, saying, you know, they didn't tell us, and they've either not entered it or deleted it off off the system for whatever reason. Well, maybe maybe because they needed the the money or the wage off the wage bill or whatever. Um, but you know, the, the player should have had a good idea that he was he was uh. suspended. I, I, I can't see how, t- to me, it would be a very poor system if a club could delete their the guy who they've put in. They should, yeah. have, to, they should have to apply to the FA to get him removed. Because it wouldn't be the club if that they, put him on there. They... The club would have no control over that. It would be put on by the FA. Yeah. So, it, the, for me, the blame lies at the door of the FA. Again, the Hampshire FA, whatever. How many times have we talked about this in 100 and however many episodes we've done? It's ineligible players because they're suspended and they don't know and they, it's just such an archaic system they need it needs updating it's absolutely ridiculous that we're in this situation again well what they need to do uh, they need to talk to the Middlesex FA uh, and because oh, this is going to is this a is it the FA or is it the least? It'll be the FA, won't it? What, the website? No, I'm trying to work out whose who's jurisdiction this comes under. Um, which one? Which Who for Moneyfields? Yeah. It's at Wembley on Wednesday, so they're obviously having a, a big meeting there that day. 
that probably it could be something as simple as that, you know, James. It could be that they only meet once a month for all of these. Yes, I know. Yeah, and I, I totally get where they're coming from when they say, you know, we, we just say we just give the the end of season is the thirtieth of April. So technically, they are doing it in the last week of the season, but they could have met last month then because this was in January. So there's there's no excuse. They they knew when the Wessex League was ending. They knew back in August when the Wessex League was ending. It's not just come as a surprise. Oh, we, by the way. April the 23rd, you're all playing your last game. No, it, that was match day 42. It was set in stone already that that was match day 42. So they could have met last month and sorted this out. It's it's poor, again, from the idiots that run the game. In, well, they claim they run the game in this country. They don't. Well, well that's the thing, because even even the, the poor league themselves, the Wessex League, are struggling because everyone's starting to have a go at them for not being able to name champions, but it's out of their hands. Yeah, it's nothing to do with them. Absolutely nothing to do with them. It's down to the Hampshire FA and the FA. FA. It's just ridiculous. It's a shame because, I mean, you've got Moneyfields on 101 points and Portland on 99. They've both scored over 100 goals. Both had phenomenal seasons. And whichever one of them goes up, hasn't been able to celebrate it on the pitch with the fans. They're just going to find out in an email that they're going up. It's, you know, it's, it's poor. It's the fans, again, that have lost out because, you know, this could have been sorted out a long time ago and take the points off them and Portland have won it and they can celebrate with their fans on the pitch in the good old-fashioned way instead of, you know, putting an article on their oh, website. Just- Let's let's just deduct some two points and force them to have a uh, playoff. <laughs> That'd be far more fun. It, it's bizarre because it's they're saying a three point deduction, but I looked at their fixtures earlier, and I'm sure they won every game in January. So I don't understand how it's only three points. Maybe there's a limit on it at that level. I don't know. I was I was under the impression it was up to about the maximum was twelve, but you lost all the points that you were that you garnered while while the ineligible player played for you, but. I don't know. It just says he signed him in the new year and he played in two games when he should have been suspended. Or, he, yeah, yeah, because it was a two-match suspension that he had. So, ugh, it's, it's just a horrible way to end the season after 42 games, after nine months, 42 games. And it comes down to waiting on an email. <laughs> it's just, uh, ridiculous. Yep, it is very much ridiculous. Um, and it should really come to an end like the podcast has done to you tonight. Rob, um, we can always uh, see you. You still missed out on this rabid robo, um, but what else can we find you at? Sorry about that, gentlemen. I just had a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> a phone call from a certain manager. Oh. Oh God, has he been in the hangout? <laughs> no, I hope not. I don't think Listening so. live. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's a case of uh, you know information for the camp for the program for the uh, county cup final. Wow, and you managed to get him off the phone this quick. Wow, that's a record. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know him well <laughs> enough now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Can... so. Yeah. So half of the trouble is just translating what he said. Yep. From Geordie to English. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> He's a top man and a great manager. Yeah. Doing a brilliant job. Yeah, so it's um so you know, where were we? We were wrapping up because Money it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. personally just to put my take on that while I was missing. I suspect some of it might be the investigation, not wanting to go and jump in where Phil's fear to tread and all that. There is an element of that. But, you know, if it's only been discovered back in late February, early March, it would probably take them a month to get all the paperwork sorted, you know, text statements from everyone and so on and so on. So it's, you know, it's not ideal. In fact, it could have been done better. But in the end, at least a decision is going to be made. It just means you'll have a late presentation somewhere. So. But but my point is, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're just, they're not getting to celebrate um no. with the you know on the day with the fans on the pitch and 
yeah it's just it is it's not it's not good it isn't good do you, do you want to i'm sure you must have heard of this do you want a quick hand finally i know you you're on your phone Kristen, but yeah uh it, it, it as as it's quick because that's why quick. i'm trying that's why i'm trying to wrap up because uh, i've just got a notification how much this has cost me <laughs> um you must have heard about this the uh, the bank so football club in aberdeen um so named because they play on the banks of the river d um but one of their under 19 strikers kicked had a shot and goal and um and missed and the ball ended up 1100 miles away in norway because it went straight into the river floated out to sea and washed up on a island in norway called vanna because uh, and it had the the club name written on it uh, so they've emailed and are arranging to have it sent back in fact i think someone is um actually due to be in scotland from norway and they're bringing it back with them but yeah that's some that's some myth isn't it a shot and goal and it ends up 100 miles away we've all said it before haven't we when when we've seen someone kick a ball out of the ground at non-league and it's like yeah that one's still going Uh, that one actually did (laughs) 1100 miles that's got to be the biggest miss ever i i I think that is that's that's amazing that uh But uh, no, I'm not in Norway, uh, not for a few, at least two months anyway. Um, so I won't be able to return it for the guys. Rob, <laughs> where can we find you on the internet? Well, I'm still poking around on Twitter on the old Rabid Robo hashtag, which one day, one day, probably when I'm old and grey and wrinkly next week, <laughs> you might find out exactly what it means. Um, the blog is still out there, still sort of going, still getting a few random ideas. But, um, you know still keeping it all together for Hampton and needing to know because it's going to be the best end of the season ever well it's going to be a busy end of the season James you've already done your end of season stuff you just got your lovely cup final with the lads to look at next week we did have an article last week didn't we from uh, under the league um, what else can we uh, be expecting from you uh, well I've returned to form and not put anything up there since uh, so yeah it was up there about the ground grading it's still still there on the front page um, so yeah if you if you want to find out a little bit more about the situation with the three clubs then uh, then get along and give that a little read um, that's under the league.com and get me on Twitter and Facebook at under the league and uh, yeah it's almost done isn't it We're one week to go and then the playoffs how's it got round to this already it does seem to have uh, been very, very quick. Uh, as always, you can follow the show at Non-League Pod. Uh, you can go across to Facebook uh, slash the Non-League Podcast and you can go across to the website uh, nonleaguepodcast.co.uk where you can listen to all 129 of the back catalogue plus the one we're listening to now because there was a couple that uh, didn't have numbers correctly. But uh, whatever you've been doing, I thank you for listening.